This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. At the 2021 Child Discipleship Forum, I had the chance to sit down with several of our faculty for extended conversations about their insight and expertise into child discipleship in this current moment. If you're a new listener, you may have never heard about the Child Discipleship Forum, and therefore I highly suggest you check out childdiscipleshipforum.com right now to learn more information about this year's event. If you were there, you know you can't miss it. I've included a link in the show notes, and I can't wait to see you there. But today, I want to bring you part of the conversation I had with Cynthia Dixon. Cynthia serves as the Children's Ministry Director of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Texas, and we discuss at length the role and responsibilities of those of us who are in the church and how we work with parents for the sake of child discipleship. Cynthia starts the conversation sharing how she feels about working in this ministry, and I think you will hear her passion for the mission of child discipleship from her very first answer. Thank you for listening. This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast. It's an honor and privilege to be served, uh, being allowed to serve uh, God's people. Uh, I don't take it lightly. Yeah. I like to have fun. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's not a um, one of those things that it's hard for me to do. It's just second nature for me. Yeah. Well, and even part of that is so, you are so authentic in how you run your ministry. And the first thing I want to ask you about is I think there is sometimes a a gap that doesn't have to be there between those who are connected to children's ministry, whether they are serving in more of a director level like yourself mm-hmm. or whether they're leading a small group or anything in between and parents and their families. If I, you know, if you look at a Facebook thread mm-hmm. uh, about about child discipleship, it, the first thing is, you know, we need more leaders. The second thing is, why are my parents returning my calls? Right? Can you speak to how you have navigated that um, those tensions? Because I think you do the culture that you've helped curate, that you have followed God's leading and making at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. Everyone seems to be fully bought in on what their unique assignment is around child discipleship. Like how has God made that clear to you? Uh, for us or for me, uh, I started out, um, building a foundation of a structure. Okay. And so, uh, I always wanted, uh, every particular area in, um, children's ministry, children's discipleship to have some type of leader over, where everyone feels connected to someone to the top, okay, purposely by design. Sometimes uh, us directors get so so busy, and, <laughs> and that uh, we can't hit every phone call as we sure. wanted to, and and every email. But they are connected to some staff member or some a lead volunteer, or which we call at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship Kingdom Servant Leaders. Nice. Well, we don't say volunteers. We say you're a kingdom servant leader. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, where you automatically would get a phone call, you automatically get a connection, you automatically would get uh, within a uh, two-to-hour time frame from the time that you made the connection. Oh, wow. And so it's purposely by design so everyone feels like they're important. Yeah. And that you've been seen or and heard. And as well as... Um, Communicating with the parents, communicating, communicating, communicating. And so everything we do in kids' ministry, kids' discipleship at Oak Cliff, mm-hmm. 
we're letting the parents know up front. If we're changing a color, we let the parents know. If we're yeah. repainting, we let the parents know. And then we're inviting them to the table to give their feedback. So we do mm. focus groups and we do all kinds of things and we and uh, we let them know so they feel like they're not just giving their kids to us as uh, we quote unquote say childcare, but they're a part investing in their spiritual growth and development. Yeah. And so it's not just staff and volunteers. It's the parents, it's everyone. So everyone has a part. My door's open. My email <laughs> is open. I'm here at the conference, and I'm yeah. I'm, I'm texting parents back. And says yeah. They may have a question like, uh, my son can't get up for school today, and I don't know what to do. And I know you're at the conference. How can I just don't want to bother you. I'm automatically letting them know that you're, so, you're just as important as this conference of or course. even more. Of course. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to stop. As uh, and pull over on the side of the road, drive on the way here, and, and give you uh, uh, some my my personal opinion, feedback, how to get them out of the bed. Nice. But the thing about it is, I want them to always know that someone hears them. Yeah. And so when I said, "Are you listening?" I want them to know that someone is hearing them talk. Someone is listening to them at all times. So everything is geared around listening and hearing. Yeah. And so uh, we might not like some of the feedback we get, <laughs> but. Uh, it's important because sometimes it's good to have that feedback. So yeah. what we do is, like I said, we have uh, those focus groups. We also, each department I have is divided by a coordinator and a staff member, and then they have a group of uh, kingdom servant leaders, and it goes down the line. And so we have a confident and care ministry, which anytime something happens where uh, a death, sickness, hospital, sure. whatever, within kids' ministry, those group of people will go and touch those people immediately. And yeah. so it's always a touch point at all times. And so I can talk on and on and on. No, but what I love about that is there's things in there that I just want to make sure people are tracking. Because one of the things that I think is the easiest temptation to fall into is the hustle pace of our cultural moment as well as this ministry in particular. And what I appreciate so much about that is you have created ways for people to feel seen and heard, like you said, that communicate the the unhurried pace of child discipleship. Mm-hmm. People feel, you know, in a, within a couple hours, they're getting mm-hmm. a touch point. It's not because that's a good system. It's because we, you so clearly value whatever it is that they're saying and you want them to feel seen and heard. For the leadership that you have mm-hmm. and creating those intentional touch points, you know, as they work their way sort of up a hierarchy, which mm-hmm. I imagine is one of the least, least important things about your job, mm-hmm. um, is that they, there's a level of buy-in that easily gets created. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you said last time I had the privilege of talking to you was you talked about how uh, some people weren't going to come back. Exactly. Some people weren't going to come back. And I think some people have a ton of anxiety around, mm-hmm. I would almost say, trying to be liked. Mm-hmm. And what I admire about your ministry is you've made the focus child discipleship mm-hmm. that feels inviting mm-hmm. and I think also allows you to have the confidence mm-hmm. in some people aren't going to come back. Exactly. How do we speak to the leader who feels not maybe discouraged just because of that, mm-hmm. but maybe also is listening and being like, I don't have all those resources. I can't do what Cynthia is doing. Like, I don't, my church is 12 people. Like how, what you're talking about is reproducible no matter what your context is. Mm-hmm. But to start there, how do people begin to build that? Uh, well, as as you were saying, uh, I did talk about how people are not c- coming back. And, and, and just to rehash a little bit about that is that yeah. 
oftentimes as leaders, we uh, we get so thrown into the ones that left uh, <laughs> that we don't focus on the ones we have. And well so uh, people leave for what various reasons, uh, COVID, any, you know, uh, new season in life. They didn't like the ministry. I mean, it happens. You're going to have those people just, just not going to like what you do yeah. uh, and, and feel like they can you know, get it somewhere else. But that's okay. Yeah. Let's not get beat up on that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would like to tell leaders all the time, cause, and, and you know, Ross, I'm real talk. So yes, you uh, are. let's not get beat up on that. I, we care, we love, and we try to uh, mentor and, and talk to those people back, but it's just not going to happen sometimes. And that's okay because uh, I believe in one man uh, plant and one man water, and God gives the increase. Amen. And so maybe my season with that person or that group of people may have been a watering. That was it. Yeah. And so as a leader, you have to recognize that, okay, what about the other people that's left? Yep. What about some new people coming in? And how do I gain those people and, and, and get their trust in uh, what I have to offer for them? If you're a church ministry of five kids, you can still do the same thing. Yeah. And so I look at it as the, the common goal to uh, this is that just simple letting people know you care. Yeah. So if that is stopping to call, stopping to say, hey, uh, you know what? I'm going to come by your kid's basketball game or mm. football game or, or whatever practice. That's enough for someone to say, you know what, I think they really care. Let me see what's going on over there in this kids' <laughs> ministry. And though I'm a director, I do all those things. Of course. I really do. And so I look at it as uh, when you get connected as a leader to the people that you're serving, your fight becomes a different kind of challenge of fight. In mm. other words, uh, everything I do in kids and youth in children's ministry it's about fighting for the family mm. fighting for the unit and uh fighting for that particular area so if it takes me going to a leadership you know to the next level above me i'm gonna do that and take that fight yeah. because i'm the advocate for for kids ministry and oftentimes kids ministry uh don't have that type of advocate and you say well yeah i'm just one and i have five kids and my pastor doesn't listen and he doesn't understand but you don't stop the fight yeah in other words, just because he didn't listen at that moment, you keep plugging in because that's how important. And I meant that yesterday when I said that oftentimes that they look at kids ministry as a uh, babysitting. We have to come out of that mindset. <laughs> yeah. We're not the babysitting uh, services of the church. We are a ministry of discipleship Amen. for kids of, on kids level for, uh, for the church. And so when we start changing that language and everything we do, even if you're uh, a, a leader of one or two, you need to change your language to the, uh, to the people. I am, we're ministry. We yeah. disciple kids. We need, I need this resources and things to, to help disciple kids. If partner with other churches in your community, larger yeah. churches, they will give you the resources if they can, uh, if they can share resources, uh, connect with other leaders around, uh, Call us. Call me. Uh, I don't have a problem with that because we're in the same battle and fight. Yeah. Just because it's a larger scale does not mean I ha I don't have the same problems and issues as a smaller church or smaller ministries. It's totally. just I have it on the mag yes. magnitude. Yes. And so 
my problems of yours of one is mine's 20. And yeah. so it's the same issue, same problems. I go to bed at night uh, praying uh, and say, what's the uh, next day's challenges are? Lord, help me get through those next day's challenges. If I miss it along the way, Lord, help me to regain it back the next day. I tell my team when they're out or when I'm out or gone, uh, make a decision. Mm. You don't have to call me. You've been given the authority. <laughs> and that's what a lot of times as leaders don't want to give up authority. Mm. And so uh, uh, I'm fine because I have entrusted and empowered you to do what you do. Yep. I trust your judgment. If it's wrong, we'll fix it later. Yeah, It's not worth the stress a moment <laughs> of that. And uh, But in re- real talk, if you're a smaller ministry and you says, well, I, I can't leave. I can't go. Yes, you can. Yeah. The problem is you won't empower yeah. And so you might have three other people underneath you and you said, so I don't think they can get the work done. It's not going to be perfect yeah. in your eyes, maybe perfect in God's eyes. Amen. And so it may be exactly what God wanted at that moment. But step away, leaders. Oftentimes as leaders, we don't step away. And, and so that God will show you what kind of people you have for support. Yeah. In other words, you may not never see your true gifting or calling of people until you step away to see how they are placed in the fire. Totally. And I think what you've done at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship is you've created a way for everyone to use their giftings. When you're talking mm-hmm. about the folks who are sort of like a, a mobile spiritual care team, right? Yeah. When there's any sort of uh, bigger event happening within yeah. the context of children's ministry. When you're talking about inviting people in mm-hmm. because you paint, you change the paint color of a wall, yeah. no matter what a parent or a, a other person who's part of that church, mm-hmm. there's a way for them to feel connected. There's a way for them to be excited about something that's happening in the child discipleship wing of your church. Exactly. And, and the thing about it is, People want to feel valued. Yeah. <laughs> That's bottom line. And so if you're saying that uh, we're the experts and we know it all and we're doing this, people are going to say, but, you know, this is about my child. Yeah. And so uh, I had to tell someone, and uh, and, and they, un- they understood. It wasn't anything harsh. Is that, you know, our programming timing on something in particular, and they said it's from – you know, point A and it's point B, and we need to tell the parents that they can't pick up kids until the time. And I said, well, at the end of the day, um, we can give them programming timing, but if parents want to pick up their children, we have to understand we can't hold them. <laughs> and so, and it becomes kidnapping to the kids at, I mean, at that point. I say that to say is that parents are, let's invite the parent in yeah. through the programming. If you don't want them pick them in, pick up early invite them into the program so they yeah. can see what's going on. Now they all understand why we do what we do. So the whole thing is to this is that leaders and children's ministry people invite people to what you do. Mm. Invite that parent. Invite the non-parent. Invite the pastor. Invite whoever so they can see because oftentimes people tell me I didn't know you guys were doing that. I didn't know that this was what's going on. Hmm. You have to paint or brand your own picture. Yep. And if you allow other people to brand your picture of kids ministry, then they have um, a distorted view of yep. what goes on. So you have to write your better words, write your own story. Well done. And so write your own story to uh, about kids ministry. In other words, get out and communicate. This is what we do, and this is how we invite parents. Social media. Yeah. 
e-broadcast if you can. You said, well, I don't have all those tools. You can group text. You can get on any of these group texts. Yeah. Send photos to, you know, your church members and say, this is what we're doing. Get permission first <laughs> for your kids, but do all those things and so, so you can paint your story. Because I think, Ross, at the end of the day, people don't truly know what we do in Kids Ministry. And we yeah. have to get out there and get the word out. And I think the more we get the word out of what's actually going on in Kids Ministry, the more people are being into the buy-in of child discipleship. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. If you're anything like me, whether you're a parent or a grandparent or a ministry leader, you've probably asked the question, am I adequately preparing my kids for the future of the faith? That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Bright. Bright, that's B-R-I-T-E, digital curriculum provides an on-demand experience to help kids become lifelong followers of Jesus. The gospel-focused teaching with biblically sound lessons allows children to explore the Bible cover to cover, helping them discover Jesus through scripture memorization, engaging media, and practical challenges and activities. This all-digital resource is flexible and adaptable, complete with PDF teaching guides, printable activity pages, and weekly videos for children. Head to brightcurriculum.com slash free sample to download a free four-week sample right now and learn more about how today's kids are the bright future of the church. Right now, it's like, okay, let's just, we don't want the kids crying in main service, and we don't want the kids running around, let's throw them over there in the corner. And they yeah. don't truly understand what's going on in our kids' ministry. Shut your service down one main service and make it all about kids. Wow, that's radical. <laughs> Tell your pastor to not do main service for the adults, but do it nothing for the kids, and just let it invite the people in to see that, that world. That's radical. Well, and you know, I laughed earlier when you had talked about yeah, we can't kidnap kids, but that is, I'm actually remembering a few various contexts where that kind of tension has come up. And what is really at the heart of that is not necessarily, you know, no, you can't come in right now. It's mm. this is the programming, and it's we have to hold the programming with an iron fist because the programming is everything. And when you make your North Star, discipleship mm-hmm. when you make the north star this relationship that you have with parents this this community as we would say of loving caring adults surrounding these kids it makes a tremendous difference we are you know we've, we've been calling this series that we're in hallways and homes mm-hmm. and the basic idea of this series is that discipleship happens everywhere one of the things that i think is because of the your leadership, your heart, how God has used you to position your ministry and has absolutely nothing to do with the resources that y'all have Mm. is that you are incredibly intentional about how to disciple individual kids. Mm. I feel like you, that you and the leader, your leaders that I've had the privilege of getting to know a little bit, nobody takes anything for granted. Nobody assumes the background of a child or what the ride to church was like. Can we? Can you begin to unpack not only the value of not making those assumptions, but also why that has to be a pri- as big of a priority for people as anything else that they're doing in the ministry? That each child's discipleship journey is different. Well, for for me or for us, it is uh, every child I look at, it, uh, and you say exactly the same. Where you really don't. Hmm. Uh, I look at each child as 
each individual child with each different individual circumstances. Sure. And so oftentimes we want to do a collective whole, mm. the whole group together. I said, this is what we're going to do across the board. But if you start to get to know your kids, and I know this is for a smaller church, it's much easier than a larger church, but it can be done in a larger church. Yeah. You have to invest the time to get to know them because when I get to know each individual child and can go to a child and something that's different and individual and not a generic and can say something to that child about, well, I remember when you were having trouble in, in this class, how is it going today? That lets that child know I'm important enough for them to remember that unique thing about me. 100%. Once you plug that in, and that's how we do uh, our, our kingdom servant leaders, once you start learning that particular home and skill, then anything about teaching the gospel or about our faith, they're inclined to receive inclined to receive it because then it says that you care enough about me to know something about me personally. Yeah. So for me is that I look at it as a one time shot every single time. Hmm. And he says, Well, what is that? I may have one time to hit what I need to hit intentionally yeah. because I may never see that child again for whatever reason. Whew. And so every single child is, I don't look at it as, it's everything is intentional. I don't look at it as, oh, okay, next week I'll get to that. Or next week I'm going to hone in a little bit more on um, David. Or I'm going to hone in a little yep. bit more on uh, Sally. No, every time I see them, it's a one-time shot for me. And that's because, again, I keep repeating, I may not get an opportunity for whatever reason to ever see them again. And I don't want it to be where I miss the opportunity to share faith, share um, uh, compassion and yep. love to them. And I, I don't ever want them to to feel like someone missed the boat yep. on something. So I look at this. We don't know how God orchestrates time for us. We don't know how circumstances may cause them to move, our kids to move, or just life happens and we don't see them again. But don't you have to look at every single time that you see them is that this is my moment to make a biggest impact that I possibly can. Perfect example. Uh, I have a nephew that's in college now. And okay. we're pretty much, my family is, uh, uh, I'm co-supporting and, and, and raising with his father and, okay. and um uh, as he travel, I mean, as he's in college, I have no idea, to be totally honest, where he picked up the faith of Christ. Oh wow! And to be totally honest uh, and just transparent, uh, I don't see in the rams of our family dynamics because his parents were uh, are di- uh, divorced. Sure. Uh, I have no idea where he could have possibly picked it up. And because we wasn't as close as when he was younger, but we are now. Sure. He come to me and says, oh, these are my scriptures that I'm reading while I'm in college. And, and I'm, I'm watching the services on Sundays. And I'm going like, what happened? I mean, where did you get this faithful? <laughs> it took one person when he was young. Oh, wow. One person that made that little mark uh, in his life. And he never forgot that. Mm. It connected and stuck. And every chance he got, 
It was everything about the faith, and that's what grounded him through, you know, his difficulties with yeah. the parents and different and things. So I look at that as a model to myself and to the team is that just that one shot may make it work for our kids. Yeah. And so I never want that to uh, not be a focus. And so that's why even when our parents, I make the one shot with our parents as well because I never know. That parent may be a parent, I don't know, coming to church maybe. but not maybe not in you know truly you know have walked the walk of the yeah. our faith and so that may be an opportunity that just because they go to adult church don't mean they can't get christ from the kids church amen and so say it louder for the people in the back i think again i a lot of people think that oh i'm an adult and i can only get it no you might accept christ and and, and walk your faith of salvation in children's ministry even coming in and and we want them to be uh, a people of faith and serve and know the Lord. But just in case you don't, we still give Christ to our adults. And hey. so, oh, I have to talk to you about our huddle. Okay. Yeah, do it. Uh, on Sundays and Wednesdays, uh, we, we, we have a, a, pre, sir, I mean, a pre part called the huddle. Okay. Anyone can do this. And this is 30 minutes prior to each service time. I mean, uh, 30 minutes prior to the service time that the kids come in. Okay. In other words, the kids come in 30 minutes prior to, and we're another hour prior to that. Okay. And so we collectively, as a group, we get together, and it's our, you know, gymnasium area. All the kingdom server leaders, which is our volunteers, all the staff. This is kids ministry. And we come together and we do a huddle. It's praise and worship music for about two or three minutes. It's uh, words, we give words of affirmation. So someone comes down and I pick a different person each time and, and we, we minister back and forth to each other. We pray, we do communion day, I mean, every Sunday or every What Wednesday. a blessing. And then we do another prayer and then we're out. We do that as a huddle so we can come together on one accord yeah. to be able to take care of the kids. Now, many people say we pray and we do all that. And, and that's great. But our huddle, what makes it different is that we collectively do our own service. Yeah. For 50, I mean, for 20 minutes prior to the kids' service. Yeah. So I, I serve, volunteers don't miss out on service. They, uh, we do our own, and then we, serve, uh, we minister to the kids. Because yeah. I think it's important to go have them to, uh, be poured into. So oftentimes, volunteers, they miss out and say, oh, I missed the service, and I'm dry, and I'm... And I need to be fed <laughs> myself, and I'm serving these kids, and I don't have opportunity. Well, for us, we do a service prior to. Yep. So they, it, no one never feels like that they are missing out spiritually, but they have received and able to give out. You have to uh, give out completely to be able to God fill you up Amen. fully. Yep. Well, and people, again, like you said in the beginning, anybody can do that. That doesn't require uh, a worship band and, uh, you know, the latest technology to distribute communion in a time of the coronavirus, right? You remember back in, <laughs> we did it from our uh, living rooms. I yeah. mean, it's, it's the same thing, you know. It's about that being on mission mm -hmm. and about coming together as a team. And I love that that connects back to the leader's discipleship, The that it connects back to your own personal discipleship as a director. And, you know, as we wrap things up, I think it's important for people to understand when we talk about how discipleship happens everywhere, that is not restricted to kids. No. Discipleship with your relationship with Jesus also happens everywhere. And it is not 
a uh, as much as we can use the expression a come to Jesus moment, mm-hmm. it is not something that happens in just one particular moment. Exactly. To wrap things up, I, the place I want to leave this is people um, who hopefully came to the Child Discipleship Forum and have are become more familiar with your work and they've already registered for next year's form and all this kind of stuff, right? People who have become bought in. This is a community that we feel like God is growing that is outside the confines of a particular church, a particular program, uh, a particular area of the world. Yes. When folks feel like they are now sort of child advocates, that they are invested in this mission, I think sometimes it can be this, this uh, I think that and I apologize in advance if it doesn't agree with your theology, that there's nothing that the enemy wants more than to cut off that newfound passion at the knees. Exactly. How do people begin to overcome that frustration of sort of the real world? People who are at the forum right now, they're going to hit the real world's going to hit them on Sunday. The real world's going to hit them on Monday, but people who are listening to us right now, the real world has hit them Mm -hmm. even after they've heard all your passion. How do you, when the real world hits you, get back up again to stay focused on your mission of child discipleship. Uh, and that's, 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 that's good. Uh, very good for me. I, and I'm going to go backwards and say for me, when the real world yeah. hits me, oftentimes I stop. And this is, this is just a real, I stop and I have to do a re re reflect back to a soul care moment for me. Hmm. Uh, when the world hits me real hard, I have to stop. And something that I enjoy or like, you know, greatly is putting on a set of earphones and some music, and it don't have anything to do with any worship. It's the wildest music you have, and I dance. <laughs> I love it. So I'm saying this: you have to reflect back to what is the thing that is your soul carol. Yeah. The world will hit you, and so I say, it's nothing wrong with that. If you have to go and. Uh, get a massage or do something <laughs> i said stop for that moment yeah take a deep a pause a press pause when the world hits you take a press pause there's nothing wrong with that yeah so i need a press pause i need to re, uh, i need to regroup do something fun do something wild do something crazy that's <laughs> the okay now because you have to release that and in order to release that then you have to do something that will help calm your spirit down and so that's for me. So I know there's going to be people going to run out and go, God, here and say, I'm excited. I'm ready to be an advocate. And I guarantee you when they go out there, they're going to hit a brick wall. Boom. <laughs> it happens every single time. Yeah. Know that if you hit a brick wall, that means you're going in the right direction. Because the enemy does not want us to go do this because this is, this is right here. We're, we're fighting for the soul of our, uh, our, our children yeah. we're fighting for the the soul of our our, our future ministry yeah. and 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 what better way is he's not going to bother i mean he bothers us but if he stops us then there's nothing you know after us yep. so what we have to do is say oh okay take on the challenge cuz that's how i kind of do it and i say okay let me talk Stop. Let me de- uh, compress. Let me get myself back together. Okay, I'm ready to go. You ready for a fight? Let's fight. Yes. And so sometimes you have to do that. Uh, what is it? Um, uh, Independence Day. You want to fight? Let's fight. <laughs> 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 We're over 100 episodes in. I don't think anyone's quoted Independence Day yet. Yes. I'm grateful that you're the first one. <laughs> so uh, for me and for the mission, I encourage everyone to continue to uh, go with this fight and I'm saying get connected with somebody else in the fight yeah 
uh, don't be out there on the island by yourself. Call uh, people, uh, and I'm not on no type of level or anything like that, but uh, find me, email me, call yeah. me. You know, people like it, it, because we're all in the same fight collectively trying to move to the same goal. Yes. And that if we come together as one in unity, because, you know, the enemy does not like a unified front. Amen. And so the more we, you know, come together, I, I will scream with you. I will pray with you. And I mean, scream with you. I will just, you know, uh, like, no, get up. You, could, yep. you We got to do this. Yep. Uh, then uh, I believe you can get through this. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album, Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk next week.